Hey guys, welcome to episode 112 of the JV Club Boys of Summer series with my guest Phil Lamar. What a gem and a gentleman. What an officer and a gentleman. I want to uh, welcome you into this episode. I'm very excited that uh, Phil was available to come do it. He is, I want to say, one of the busiest people in show business. I just said busiest. I'm not sure what that means. That's like even busier than busy. That's like very busy, busy. Oh boy, I really got to start trying to re-record intros instead of just going with whatever comes out of my mouth. But shout out wise, I do want to thank Kelly W for your wonderful email. Uh, Gabe M, I'm so sorry not to be seeing you while you're here. Uh, I know that sucks. Believe me, I know. Uh, Lauren and Darcy, I want to thank you for your Facebook notes. Jamie, thank you for your awesome tornado email after Cole Stratton's episode. Those pictures were amazing. I'm going to write back to you, but I wanted to give you a shout out on the episode as well. And uh, my dear Rebecca L, I just wanted to let you know I'm very, very nervous about the art show, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I thought it would be fun to respond to your email on this intro. Um, Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, I look forward to being in Orlando this weekend in just moments, feels like, uh, for the um, Night night Quran, (laughs) Night Rokan, Night Rokan. convention and uh this is for sure the sloppiest intro i've ever done but i'm in a super hurry so everybody's gonna have to cope with it um i'm gonna end it with a little sing song like i sometimes do now entering nerdist.com Thank you for popping over. How long did it take you to get here? Three minutes? Um, yes. Well, I, I went to the post office first and then came back. So, yeah. Like right. five but minutes. it could have taken as Easily little as two minutes. I, I drive this route. I mean, listen, I'm not going to tell everyone, even though I kind of probably already have accidentally told people-ish where I live. But I will say that you and I do, we did discover recently that we live very close. Very close. Very close. I could have walked here if it was in LA. Right? I know. I mean, that's, I think my way of getting around that is, is the bicycle because that feels like I still don't feel comfortable walking. Right. Unless it's like a fitness activity. Like I would walk, you know what I mean? It becomes, yeah, it becomes like, well, listen, as long as I've got my gym shoes on and I'm sort of at a jog, (laughs) then it feels like that's exercise. And that is when you see people, when you see people on foot, it is because they are committed to being on foot via cardiovascular activity. Do you have any friends who don't drive? Oh, here. that's a great question. I have a handful. You do here? You do? Yeah. Wow. And it blows my mind. Yeah. I feel like the only friend I had here who didn't drive was someone who could not drive because right. of a DUI. <laughs> and then they could drive again. Yes, eventually. Yeah, no. I, I have a couple of friends. They like take the bus. They get yeah. rides. They do Uber. And it's just like... And you think, it's that's doable. crazy. Why are you wasting yeah. all that money? And they're like, well, compared to what you pay for gas, it's probably yeah. like a wash. Do they, do they ride bicycles at all? No. No. Listen, they are, that's a missed opportunity right there. A missed opportunity to get hit. <laughs> uh, well, but it is doable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you're going to be riding the bus or something like that, it's going to take time. You could ride a bike. But I guess riding a bike, my, my thing with riding bikes, if, if you're actually like going somewhere, then... 
Aren't you going to be sweaty? Oh, for sure. Get there for sure, for sure. I mean, the time that I was the the times that I actually go someplace on my bike, I know I'm going to be disgusting when I get there. It involves like a lip. An acting job. Not yeah, I don't there. think I ever have done that. Although, when I worked at HuffPost Live, which was in Beverly Hills, right. these guys know, I did ride my bike to and from. Did you? Um, Do they have a shower? I mean, I wish I could say yes, but I was like hippie showering every day. Holes, you know what, a holes bomb? You know what they... <laughs> yes, yes. You know what they had is... Uh, there was a shower in the building because it was the AO, it's the AOL building because the AOL oh, owns the Huffington Post. Because it used Post. to be a plastic surgery center. I don't know for some reason. I think everything, everything in Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills, I don't disagree. But this is just as good of a Beverly Hills answer. Uh, Maverick Records used to be there, and Madonna's oh. office used to be there, and so she had a private shower installed. So somewhere in the building, we knew there was a shower, but I couldn't figure out where it was, and like <laughs> it wasn't part of our realm. Right. So I never Madonna's got to shower. use it. But I mean, in fairness, like I was disgusting. I think I must have been disgusting. <laughs> but you were getting many your makeup days. done, right? I was getting my makeup so done. It really doesn't matter. I mean, I was freshening up. It's all about appearances. I was freshening up. They can't smell you through the t- They can't the smell. Screen. They couldn't smell me. No one ever. Listen, never one complaint. Never one complaint about my odor from anyone <laughs> that I worked with. I think I did all right. But yes, it was. But it definitely is the if I didn't if I didn't have like the time built in to sort of put myself back together. Right. Um, when I meet people every once in a while, if I haven't gotten a ride in and I'm going to go to meet someone for dinner, like I. I sort of have to, in my mind, prepare myself for like, I'm probably going to be, I can do a quick fix of the face, right. but I'm probably going to be sitting with like a sweaty back oh my <laughs> for God. the entire dinner. That would be really funny. You like, yeah. little, like in your little black dress for dinner, but like yeah. a little white. It's like, but it's black, so no one can really see. Yeah. I've learned ways to fake it for sure. <laughs> if you want me to do like a seminar for your non driving friends and coach them, I said, oh my God, that was sad. It's the most I have to offer the community. <laughs> no, but it's important. It's the very like, most. Think, if, if you influenced people, you could actually change Los Angeles. Like if everyone was on a bike, well, yeah, it's like wow, she's not homeless. Yeah, or broke. Wow, maybe I should ride my bike. Yeah, yeah. God, I got to get on this. Get I got to reach out to these head the people. Speaking of, I did. I will say that I'm kind of excited about the idea of cars that drive themselves. What do you think about that? How much do you know about it? I don't know much about it. Um, I, you know what? I drove past your house because I was listening to the GPS mm-hmm. and not paying I attention. I told you. That's why I sent you those explicit directions. I know. I know. But, but the thing's, oh, it's not. Yeah. With the GPS, I don't pay attention until I get close yes. to the little flag. Yes. And if the flag is and, totally the, and the machine was completely wrong. And, about yours. and this is the other thing I want to say. And right before we started recording, guys, and these guys kind of know that I've sort of been thinking about death lately um, <laughs> uh, in a way that I can't really explain why. But um, but I had the, the I finally you would think that of all of the things that uh, have come into my mind via other people's parents being ill or people battling cancer or just these things that have not befallen me right. yet. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, that I had never, this had never occurred to me until I was riding my bike in the hills mm-hmm. and an ambulance came past me. I was like, Oh, you don't see that very often up here. You know, when I heard the siren and all of a sudden I was like, they'll never be able to find me <laughs> because GPS is always wrong up in my neighborhood. 
And I was like, what do I do about this? How do oh I, God. what do I, what I, what if I, if I call an ambulance, they'll just never make it. I'll just be like lying on the floor and I'll hear the sirens circling in my neighborhood. Up. It's somewhere nearby. I'm telling you. Yeah. Listen for coughing. I thought maybe I should listen. I haven't given this a lot of thought yet, but it just occurred to me as I was telling you this, perhaps if I set up some sort of flare system That's where I around my neck, flares. I have a button and the button I press sends up a flare. That hovers you know <laughs> over what? my house. You know what? I'm going to put you at ease. Yeah. They don't use a regular GPS. They have like the most <sighs> deep okay. sigh of relief. There you go. All right. Okay. Thank you. Ugh. <laughs> thank you. No. Thank you. No. Thank you for trying to soothe me. It's, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. All right. Um, the last time we spent any sort of uh, real time together was out of town. Well, I was—I could say Sketchfest because obviously you did come and do that. But and I barely we saw you. Love having you there, but I barely saw you there. But we were. Where were we when we were at the? Which con were we at? Sa- MetroCon, maybe. Where was that? Sa- Sacramento. Were we in Sacramento? No, or fl- Florida. In Florida. Somewhere in Florida. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When I brought there. Ag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were like seven other guys his size, like. You'd see people yeah. turn around like, is that Steve? How yeah, can there be how more? There's so who, many. Who are you going to confuse with Steve Agee? The only other person I can think of, other than Brian Posehn, which is yes, why okay, it worked well. on Sarah Silverman's show, is Tall John. You know, John Schroeder. He's, you probably know him if uh, you saw him because okay. he produces and is in the comedy world a lot. But um, yeah, he's like the only other person. And right. then there we were at the con. There's tons and, of them. And they, it wasn't, and it also, we checked, it wasn't people just wearing stilts and costumes. <laughs> Although there probably is a fair amount of that. That's a fair thing that we could have wondered. Oh my God, that's, I'm going to cosplay as Steve Agee someday. Right? Just get glasses and a beard and then like a big suit. You can totally, you could totally pull it off. I'm shaking my head. No, I'm shaking my head. Absolutely. You could not pull it off. That would be so funny. Do you, and, and so you were saying that you do, um, you did like seven last year and yes. how many are you doing this year? You don't know. Um, I, what did I do? I just, uh, got back from one in London. See, why doesn't someone invite me to London? Really? You haven't? I gotta uh, go. It's, uh, I'm sure it's only a matter of time. That'd be um, nice. And that was lovely. Although it was very quick. They called like a week ahead and said, can you come next week? Huh? Left on a Thursday. was back by Monday. Um, but I did, a friend of mine was closing a play at the Old Vic that weekend. That works out. So that was great. I got to oh go there gosh. for that. Um, so at least I got to, and then we went to like a supper club in London. Uh-huh. And I got to like... <laughs> experience like have a real london experience yeah um i hate to be this person but i when i was there i did not have great food so i'm pleased that you got to go to like a place where you had some delicious eating was really lovely Mm. yeah apparently you can have good food good english food it's just very expensive i see i see i see that's it very clubby and yes yeah it was down an alleyway i'm like hello oh so it was in 1898 someone would have gotten (laughs) stabbed in here Sorry, that's my bad English accent. I can actually do a good English accent, but I'm not going to. No, don't keep it care. Keep it terrible because I don't it's think a sketch I, accent. <laughs> I've never done a good accent on this podcast, and I've tried many a time. <laughs> and sometimes I think like I almost get it, and then someone will write in and say, that's "Boy, that was really shameful." Yeah, really, kind of. No, oh, to the point where people I don't do that. Want, don't write in and complain I have thought about to myself, "Can I?" just for fun the way people take like singing lessons just for fun without any end goal in mind could i hire keegan's wife 
Yes. And just try and just like, what are we doing this week? This That's week we're doing a Scottish accent because it would be fun. You could do voice lessons. You could do accent lessons. Yeah. Well, yeah why not accent lessons? Just That's to dialects. have, just to have it in your pocket. But honestly, not even really for any work purpose. Just because it's, I find it very enjoyable. Just for gags. Just for gags. <laughs> just for to show up at a party in to character. To tell, like murder mystery jokes. parties. Oh, that's so funny. You have your answer. I have mine. You have your answer. I that's have mine. A, that's how we can tell ourselves apart. Um, did you, do you, fan, do, is that something that you've had to, like, do you get asked to do that a lot? What, accents? Yeah. Or teach accents? Uh, no, I do, a, not, I do. Yeah. No, I do a lot Just of Just through voiceover and stuff? Yeah. And it's or also just, sort of like a thing. I mean, I do impressions and accents, I think, are sort of part and parcel of that generally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know many people who do impressions that don't do accents. I guess that's fair. Um, although you can certainly do accents without doing impressions. Um, but uh, this seems really quiet. I just want to make sure that this is no. Wait, no. I think we're good. Yes. Hello. Oh, there. Say something loud. Hi. Oh, we are fine. See, I'm guys. all the way up to the. Yard. We're fine. It's you know what it is. It's just that we have such soothing voices right now. We're bringing out yeah, the soothing we're voice doing a in each other. FM. And well, we started thinking about voices, and then I looked down at the gear and was like, oh. oh. Although I, I do think, think that there is something like when I listen to your voice, I'm like tempted to use my lower register. Interesting. It's like, well, I, I, I can't have Janet's voice be lower than mine. <laughs> do you think, do I have a low voice? I, I guess it's not particularly high. Voice. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have, you have, I'll take bottom, it. You have a little bottom to your voice. I'll take it. A low bottom. That's industry talk. That's <laughs> yes, tech talk. Exactly. It's yeah. It's VO talk. Um, and when did you start getting excited about impressions? Because I, would love to be able to do them and yet I've never put any time or effort into it. So every time I would get like a sketch sketch TV show oh, audition, right. I would be like, why don't I have some of these like again in the sort of in the quiver, you know, right. why don't I have did you ever these? Do SNL? Did you ever audition for us? I never did. No, me neither. I never wanted to because I didn't want to live in New York and feel like that kind of paid. pressure. I mean, yeah, frankly, yes, <laughs> it didn't appeal so much, but yeah, um, I started doing impressions in, Definitely in high school. Um, I'm trying to think if I was doing them before that. I must have been. And when um, you say you were doing them, do you mean that you were doing them for a purpose other than just for your own amusement and kind of to like do with friends? Were you performing impressions yeah, no, in, even in, in high school? In 10th grade, uh, my school did a production of um, Play It Against Sam, mm-hmm. the Woody Allen play, yeah. where the Woody Allen character, not named Woody Allen, but is Woody Allen, is um, visited by the ghost of Humphrey Bogart. Oh. And I played I played Humphrey Bogart. Oh, listen to that. Yeah, and that was like, you know, all about the impression. Yeah. Um, especially considering like I was relatively young for the part and certainly the wrong <laughs> I mean, complexion. But I mean like anyone in high school is wrong for every part because everyone is too young unless it's right. a cast of high school students. But uh but yeah, I got I got the part and I'm trying to remember if I did anything before that, I'm sh- probably. And where is this, by the way? Let's I grew up in LA. This in, right here in Los yes. Angeles, California. Yes. One of the Wh- few uh, yeah. natives in uh, show business. And yet, I feel I've met many to the point where I'm annoyed with myself for always having the same surprised reaction. Like, that should be done by now. I should be past that. I feel I've met enough people that at, at you, no time should I be like, oh, you're a native. I think that time is past. Like, 
Every do. single person does Still it. Do. Oh my God, you were born here? Yeah. I didn't know anyone was born here, which is yeah. the course, most inane of response yeah. ever. It's, like, it it really? truly is. It truly did, is. Did you think the maternity wards were just like fronts? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's a facade, a French word. meaning it's telemarketing. Yeah, it's a telemarketing in the back, in the back. Right. Um, but LA proper or in the uh, area? Grew up in, uh, I was born in Bellflower, grew up in Inglewood, and then we moved out to the North Valley around about uh, junior high. Okay. Middle middle school. I is First of all, I already know the answer to Inglewood, which is that it is a potentially prettier sounding environment mm-hmm. than it in fact is. Yes. Is that fair to say? Well, Bellflower, is that also true? Because what love, two lovely names, Bellflower and Inglewood. Inglewood. Uh Bellflower is, I mean, at the time that I was growing up, Inglewood was where the form was. So in some ways, it got worse because uh, I was there in the early seven, mid, no, mid-70s, early 70s. Um, there was Inglewood's right next to Compton. Everyone's heard of Compton. Right. And Inglewood is it was similar. Inglewood always up to no good. <laughs> um, Opposed to being straight out of Compton. Exactly. Got it. Uh, we, were, we were doing a little bit better than Compton. Yeah. In Inglewood. Um, the forum's kind of great. And then it died. But it's back. Yes. Yes. I saw Sting and Paul Simon there. Really? I just, said, I'm waiting for the, the Globetrotters herself. to come back. I have seen the Globetrotters at the Staples Center. Yes. But God, it, I love the Globetrotters. They used to come in January, which is uh, my birthday month, every year. And so every year I would go see the Globetrotters at the Forum. They were in. They were at the Staples Center in February, my birthday month. Aww. And so I went and saw them, not this last year, but the year before. I was out of town, or I would have gone again, because I truly love them. That the, I feel so much love for the Globetrotters. That show still works. It really does. And like you look at it and you're like, okay, how... In a time when people are watching cat videos on their phones while they drive, can this still work? I mean, it's 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 like vaudeville. It absolutely is. It is so old school. My kids loved it. I'm so you know. glad. That makes me really happy. I love it. I love the song. Yeah, I think we should bring back vaudeville. I think we should just like all of that old stuff. Minstrel shows, everything. <laughs> Every, all the old stuff. I, I think it will still work. Huh. Huh. Especially minstrel shows. I don't know that I'm the person... <laughs> I don't know. I'm the person to agree with you. I think I might have to leave you hanging out there. (laughs) You might have to sit and hang out there all by your lonesome. Inglewood. 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 Even that probably (laughs) shouldn't. That was a good accent. Was Was it? (laughs) And then where was the North Valley? Where in the... uh, The The deep dark valley. Not like your TV uh, Square Pegs Valley. Uh Not the Moon Unit Zappa Valley. Right. The Deep dark Granada Hills. Okay, Granada Hills. Granada like when Hills. Uh, when I was out there, the freeway stopped at my house. <laughs> That's how far out we were. So you just had like a lot of people turning right around when they got to right. your house. Yeah, no, just seriously. everybody like, well, was no, turning no, around. No, that's the thing. That last off ramp. Yeah. Nobody ever came. There were no cops there. Which freeway? Uh, the 118 freeway. It wasn't finished yet. 118. This is like, it goes, it's the Simi Valley freeway. It goes okay. from, I don't know where it goes. Uh, but I guess it goes from Simi Valley uh, east. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I don't know where it goes on the Granada other. Hills. I mean, I've heard of it, but I yeah, I don't think I've ever been out there. It's like um, if you took yeah, if you're in like Encino, Sherman Oaks, mm-hmm. and you go west mm-hmm. and then just head straight north. Mm-hmm, okay, um, that's where we were. All I right. think it's it's called something different now. 
Oh, really? Yes. They got rid of Granada Hills? The, uh, or, or subdivisions, like, oh, how can we get the you know, property values up? I know, we'll put up a different sign and call yeah. this North Hills. Right, 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 right. I think that was probably post-earthquake. Well, there was no uh, earthquake in North Hills. Uh, <laughs> perfectly safe, everybody, perfectly safe. Exactly, don't, yeah. get your, don't get the inspector looking here. Yeah, there you go. And, would, and so what led your folks to move so much? Not so much, but I mean, it's um, enough to ask, I guess. I, I think because all of this is pre is around junior high. All of this happened yeah, before junior, and then you settled in to Granada. Get to a safer environment. Yeah, you know, were your parents? Was it just your mom? Yeah, just me and mom. It was just you and your mom. No mm-hmm. siblings. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we've ever talked about that before. A couple yeah. of only children. Yes, only children. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I listen to the podcast. I know all that about makes you. Makes me very happy. I don't know if I knew that. Did I know that you listen to the podcast? I don't know. Oh, I'm extra glad I asked you to do it then, because I just wanted you to do it because you're you. I had no oh idea God. that you knew the podcast. Yeah, no, I don't I've think. Been, I've, I've been considering, you know, transgender surgery to get on the podcast. Mm, unnecessary, but encouraged <laughs> if that's what you need. Would you like me to have the conversation with your family? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'd be stories. happy to bring it. In. Dog fart. Yes. Just happened. I really apologize. <laughs> My, I pick it up so fast. I, I hope I sucked in all the molecules. Also, he farted very recently on a different podcast, so clearly this is the food. But they say you're supposed to, like, you know, give him something different. Give, d- really? Change it up. Change up their diet. are not diets. supposed to fart? I don't think there's... He doesn't fart like this, really. Once in a rare while, but twice in the last couple of weeks, that's clearly a food issue. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I really apologize. Mm, send him out hunting. Maybe he's got to find his own food. Maybe he does. <laughs> he's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I turn on a dime with all animals. Um... Uh no, but I was going to ask you something specific, which was, was... About oh Hills? yeah, so you went to high school in Granada Hills? Uh no, I went to um, I went to public school, Balboa Boulevard Elementary School, and then for seventh grade, I went to what is now Harvard Westlake, which is a, oh, okay. Uh, what at the time was a private all boys school in Studio City. Okay. Um, and now it's a co-ed, very very uh, elite. Uh, private yeah, school. I feel like a. I know someone who went there. Maybe Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know Jake personally. Jason but Collins. Maybe I know the, the gay baseball basketball also, player. Also, don't know Jason Collins. But also, but it's also possible that I know somebody who went to the sister school. Is there like a yes. sister school? When, when maybe I've had someone on the podcast who went to the sister school. I don't know. Andrea Savage. Yes. Yes, thank you. Yes. That is why, because I remember she brought up... Yeah, because she went to Westlake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. When they were... Yeah, we were... Although, we we were lucky Harvard had sisters... I think Marlboro and Westlake were our sister schools. Marlboro is still an all-girls school. Um, But Westlake combined with Harvard to become this monolith of uh, private education. And was that something that was... um, instilled in you by your mom was it or was that something that you felt important to you or was she just like because when you're a kid who knows but some kids i don't some kids know some kids are like i really want to agency in that whatsoever yeah um it was just like you're we can go there you're going to a good school yeah you're a smart kid you should you know achieve what does your mom do college um at the time my mom was working for ibm Okay. Doing selling uh, office systems, all right. Which is funny because my mother's not a very technical person. Yeah, but she would but a good just enough person. to sell it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Listen, we, that, that's what they say, right? Somebody who's a good salesman can sell anything. Salesperson, yeah. I should say. Yes, and she went from tech to banks and 
it's funny because I watch Mad Men now, and they've just caught up to the point. Because we used to have those IBM Selectric typer, I you know, with the balls in there. Yeah, and I see them on Mad Men. It's like, huh? yeah, yeah, they're coming, I they're that. coming up, they're coming right. up to your memory, right? Or maybe I'm getting very, very old. That's also Either possible. Way. Either way, or both could be exactly the same, but you just don't <laughs> look like you just don't look at it at all. You're just oh, not aging. That's very sweet. You're just not aging. Just not aging. Um. Okay. So how was uh, how was Harvard Westlake? Um, Harvard. It was great, Harvard Westlake, but it was only Harvard. It was just it was, only it was just boys, yeah, just yeah, Harvard yeah. boys. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was fun. It was challenging. Um, In I'd, what way I, was it challenging? Like uh, academically, it was yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a, but I had some really great teachers. Um, I remember reading the Bible as literature in ninth grade. Um, and uh, and that was amazing. How did they present that to you? Like the, when you when you read something as literature, that implies that it's no, not to be believed, or it's just sort I, of like I remember Mr. West true broke it. or not. This is what we're reading. Was it? No, there was it, see you, this was this was uh, what year was that? Eighty was it early eighties, and you didn't have to give uh, equal time to shit that wasn't true, mm-hmm. like you do now. Mm-hmm. Well, true or not? No, it's it's. It's not true. It's so the Bible. What, so it definitely was taught yes. purely as literature. No, and you break it down. You can see from the way this is written that this was a certain set of authors, and then it completely changes here. And like you know, these people are telling stories of murder and death, and these people are just saying who had sex with who and begat who. Uh huh. That's not the same writer. <laughs> that is not the same person. Yeah. And this person is saying that homosexuality is bad and really angry about it. So you know, the, that's so interesting. The Gospel of Paul. Yeah. It know. would have been really interesting to explore religious text in that way. I never yeah. did that. I never had it. it. it I never so looked at it understand. with that perspective. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, when you're given it as uh, gospel, all it is is confusing. Because mm-hmm. it's wildly contradictory. Mm-hmm. You know, there are all these different styles. Like, okay, so in one book it says that this happened this way. Then in the next book it actually says the exact same thing happened completely differently. It's like, it's the word of God. Was God drunk? Because uh-huh. he, his story is changing. Yeah, you know? and then so David lived eight. No, Noah lived eight hundred years. <clears throat> is this the same? But okay, <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Yeah, but if someone tells you like this is a story, like oh okay, yeah, you know, like you, you hear Hansel and Gretel and they push the witch into the thing and, sh- and the the oven. You know, it's like okay, yeah, I can. Yeah, in a story. Kids can push old ladies into ovens. Right. That right. happens. Right. In imagination, right. And the same thing with like a man lived in a, a burning bush, spoke to him. It's like, how, how is a bush speaking to you? <laughs> how do you know it's speaking? Yeah. Do you don't you assume that the sound is coming from the ground? Yeah. Or like, well, we know now that it's a it's an amusement park situation where there's somebody who has a microphone. <laughs> That's right. There's and they're a in a little time. room <laughs> eat, drinking a Slurpee. See, they had that back then. They, right, right. They had that back then. Technology uh, magic is just technology you don't understand yet. Exactly. Also true of the word of God. It's funny because I really, I'm not, everybody sort of knows my background and my history with Mormonism and, 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 and I really try to walk the line between a line that can't really be walked. Like I try to walk the line between saying, I think this is fiction and I also respect someone who doesn't. And it's hard because there's an inherent condescension to saying like, I I think this is fiction, but I respect somebody who doesn't. Um, although I've never had anyone write me and say, how dare you, you know, I, f- I believe the Bible to the letter, well, but, um, but it's, I mean, it, you know, well, because I think 
the key word there is respect because you don't have to believe something to respect someone else's belief. Yeah. You know, unless that person is really wildly insecure about their belief and then they insist you believe it. Right. And that ain't, but that's not about you. Right. Yeah. Wildly insecure or, but don't you believe too that, because I feel like you can, the, the thing that I try not to be is, is staunchly atheistic. Cause I definitely don't know. I, I don't know. Right. I don't know that I'm particularly, I guess, I guess that makes me agnostic, whatever. But, um, but I think there's it, it, what I do understand is proselytizing. I really do understand it because I feel like people proselytize to you all the time, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Somebody could say, you know, the show, the West wing changed my life. You must watch it. You'll love it too. Right. And that's proselytizing. And someone okay. else would say, I've gotten so much love and joy and peace from this belief that I have that mm-hmm. God loves me, that I, I want you to have that too. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously it's right. occurring okay. on different levels. Right, right. But, but I, will, I will put it like this. If a friend that I have shared um, TV shows and taste with says, I love The West Wing and it changed my life, you must watch it. I take that in a different way because, okay, this person knows my taste. This person knows me and they think this is something I may respond to. If a guy comes up on the street and goes, pardon me, sir, do you watch the West Wing? Do you watch the West Wing, sir? You must watch the West Wing. That to me is an invasion. Right. You know, and it's like, you don't know me. You don't know what I should believe. Yeah. And that's just, that to me is where the insecurity part comes in. It's like, which I understand people are taught, like, your job is to, you know, put this forth. I'm like, that's a weird job. Right. You know, it's like, why not be in your belief? Yeah. And, you know, to me, the best proselytizing is good living. You know, it's like, wow, that person is amazing. Yeah. How do they do that? that? Yeah. Look at that person quietly being in their space, finding then, a life that makes sense for them. And if somebody now comes I up to you curiosity. and asks, like, what, what is, yeah. you seem What's so your at secret? peace. What's your secret? I love the West Wing. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm going to go buy a DVD now. <laughs> no, you're right. That's really good. That really is more of a leading by example rather than sort of like shoving some, something down someone's throat. That's my, yeah. That's yeah. My, I, and was your mom, uh, did she believe anything? Or was she pretty um, atheistic? My mom uh, moved out from Arkansas. Like they, they had sort of a family thing where the girls, as they reached probably like 14 or so, would move out because their grandparents were out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you would take you know, uh, keep house for your grandparents. And... Uh, their grandparents were uh, were Methodist. It was a mixed marriage. One was Methodist, one was Baptist. So my mom would tell me that, yeah, like you would switch off every other weekend. Like you would go to grandpa's church one weekend and grandma's church the other weekend. Um, That's a good compromise. Isn't it funny? And like, it's funny. It's like, so they didn't go to church together. <laughs> nope. Nope. These two old people living together, you know, did not go to church together. Wow. Um, but by the time I was born, um, my mother, I remember going with her to some church down to where we lived, like, uh, I can't remember what it was. It seemed like they were mostly praying for prosperity. Uh. Um, it didn't seem terribly spiritual to me. And I remember being around, was it nine or so? Whatever age at that time in the whatever 70s that it was okay to stay home alone, like, can I not go? Yeah. He's like, all right, sure. And so I, that was the end of my, my church going. Oh. Um, I consider myself having been raised vaguely Christian. Because, um, again, it was, I mean, I have a vague memory of like Sunday school very, very early on, but 
don't remember any of what they said. Um, I don't know any hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like revisiting religious ideas later in life. And at, at this point, I consider myself basically monotheistic. Mm-hmm. You do? Yeah. And you obviously you have a you're you're getting I know you're getting ready yeah. for your son's bar mitzvah. Yes, so. my, my my wife and kids are Jewish, um, but I have not converted. Um, I figure why trade one set of beliefs and not particularly tied into for another. I mean, yeah. I've I've learned a lot as as my kids have studied Judaism. I've learned a lot about it, um, but I still have not felt the calling. And to mm-hmm. me, that seems like. If you're going to choose a religion, a, you know, a spiritual belief, that should that that shouldn't be like, oh, uh, what's oh the membership's twenty percent off? Sure, All right, sure. The, I couldn't should, agree more. And no, I think the, what's so great about Judaism is that they also feel that way. That there isn't this sort of you know that's that that's a huge difference between well. Eh. I was going to say between Mormonism and Judaism. I think Mormons certainly Mormonism, want you to really believe it, and they but they want also you to want do, more, but they, also they want really more want people members. on the team. Exactly, and okay. whereas whereas Jews are sort of it's it's a, it's a little bit less like right. come over to our side. I feel like it is sort oh, of. I feel like my sense of it, um, and obviously I am not Jewish, and I do have a lot of friends and have dated people who are Jewish and, right. and know their families. Oh, and stuff. I know. Uh, <laughs> but I I. I think one of the things that's attractive about it, amazing, my dog is doing some major dream twitching, um, is that is there there is a sense of, you know, what we have is very, very important to us and very meaningful and very special. And please don't well, come there, over here unless well, there's also you're the thing committed of like, to what it means and what the rituals are and why they're important. And Well, but also the, I think the... Uh, the vast history of oppression also works against the knocking on doors and identifying yourself. Sure. <laughs> like, sure. Boom, boom, boom. Excuse me. We're in the church of Jordan. Oh, and somebody yeah. just grabs you and puts you on a train. <laughs> I think they're probably a lot oh, less. Oh, yeah. Know, yeah. Door to door stuff if, if, you, if you, there was fear. Yeah. Um, although that would be funny <laughs> oh, no. in a sad way. Yes, Sorry. it would. Really sad, you think? No. Um, okay, so let's, let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back it up to, okay. uh, to you at Harvard. Westlake slash just Harvard. That's so confusing because of the college. I know. See, it's like, it's like, imagine doing this podcast in like 1772. Yeah. So I in do York, all New York? No, yeah. no, no. York. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. So you came over. Okay. When you first came over into the new world. Well, I've been, yeah. No, sorry. God, I really wish I could take this podcast back in time. So much to talk about. Well, you wouldn't be allowed to. Talk. And then you do an I just called, a terrible witchcraft. Sketch. That's right. That's right. First of all, this is yes. definitely this equipment is uh, very evil, very, oh very evil, God. and of, not of this world. Janet um, Varney's The Crucible <laughs> cast. Oh, it's so weird. Oh my God! I'm happy that we live in the time that we do. Yeah, we could both agree on that. Well, yes, we wouldn't be allowed to be sitting in this room together. Oh, that's certainly. My true. son's reading uh, To Kill a Mockingbird right now. Oh God! That so book. everything is resonating. This one. Wow. I'm a black man sitting alone in a room with a white woman. That's right. It's like these dogs. I could set the dogs one of on us, you. One of us would be killed. I could. <laughs> it's like okay. Well, yeah. if you were in there, you probably raped her, oh or if you God. let him in there, you probably had sex with him. Yeah. Actually, we'd probably both be killed. Yeah, I think we probably both would. Yeah. One, at least one of us would be like ostracized from the community. Yes. Well, if you Bare were minimum. married, you probably wouldn't be killed. Yeah. Because you belong to someone. 
I guess that's true. I'd be someone's property. They would decide it. But if they wanted to kill me, oh, they'd probably sure. have a good argument for it. Yeah, but then who's going to make his sandwiches? It's so crazy. <laughs> sandwiches. It's so crazy. Yeah. What was the what was the um, sort of ethnic makeup of the of 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 Harvard? Was it pretty diverse? Um, no, no. There were about let's see, hundred thirty kids per class. There were probably ten black kids in my class. Uh, I know that the class behind me, by the time they had one, they had one one black guy, mm-hmm. Dave Payne, um, but. Well, the interesting thing was, I'd say, of the 10 of us that were there, probably five or six were rich. So you had a greater appearance of diversity Mm. than, well, you you had ethnic diversity without necessarily economic diversity, Mm -hmm. which was interesting. Mm Because the school was a a very highfalutin, uh, private boys school. And most of the people there were rich. Yeah. You know. Um, and then there were a handful of us, you know, scholarship students. And uh, and I think, yeah, it's probably 10 black guys, four Mexican guys. Um, and that's, that's... Were there Asian kids? They, like Indian there kids? There were. No Indian kids at the time. Mm. Uh, yeah, you did not have much of a... Um, uh, Pan Asian or Middle Eastern uh, thing uh, uh, population at the time, uh, and was that something that was sort of acknowledged and discussed, or was it just like was it a non-issue, or was it uh, this could have been an issue, but everybody was just like it was, it was pre-PC. Yeah, um, you were still from the ethnic perspective, you were still sort of in the aspirational mode. Hmm. It's like, well, I'm here. That's the achievement, right? You know. There, there was no uh, black student union, um, although I'm sure one came later. Mm-hmm. You know, as the the mentality of the society as a whole changed. Like, well, just because we're here doesn't mean we have to act like we're the same. Um, but at the time, it was really more about just like fitting in in whichever way. You know, um, and just dealing with high school was enough without having to lay social issues on like, okay, were you a debater? Were you on the football team? Were you, you know, and was that, that was important, that sort of classification at the school. It it wasn't so much, uh, the, the labels as it was the groupings, like who were your friends? Yeah. You know, and you, and the friend groups were created by like interests. Yeah. You know, the guys who spent time together. Although a lot of people also, uh, came from school, certain schools together, you know, like in bunches, mm. uh, like, you know, I think there was some Bel Air school that matriculated a bunch of kids, a few, uh, um, Hancock park schools, you know, so there were boys who knew each other coming in. Did you know anyone at all? Yes, you did. There was one guy, um, who came from my elementary school, um, Michael Chesler, who I actually, who's in show business. He's a, he's a writer producer and nice. we actually ended up working together Decades later. Listen to that. Yeah, it was very funny. And did you feel, how did you feel to come into that school and sort of not know anyone? Were you, did you, was it scary or was it it's, exhilarating? Um, I did mean, you get, or do you get to know people really quickly because it's a small environment versus like a huge public school where there's just like a sea of faces? Yeah, I made friends. I mean, there, 
there were like a few valley kids where we sort of like, oh, we're all the same. Okay, we take the bus together. All right, see you. You know, you get off on Ventura, I get off on Balboa. Okay, yeah. later. Um, but I personally had sort of a, an outsider mentality from the get-go because um, that was sort of how I identified. Um, I was an only child um, in a, an extended family of many, many kids. Like my mother is one of eight um, and all wow. of her siblings had an average of four kids. Wow. So I had a lot of cousins. Yeah. Um, but they were all in uh, Compton and Inglewood and I was out in the North Valley. Mm. They had you know four and five siblings. I had none. Like they would like run and scream and, and play and I would sit and read. So I was always, I was used to not fitting in, not belonging. Um, what I found at school was I would sort of skirt around groups mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I know people from this group and I know people from that group. Um, my focus, I think from eighth grade on was theater, but there wasn't really a group uh, of theater people. So that didn't like come with social cachet or it's like, Hey, we're all going to the theater party. That didn't exist. You weren't in the dead poet society. No. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, I mean, I had friends who did debate, but I didn't really do debate. I, um, was the athletic trainer for the the sports teams. So I had friends. Yeah. That was, what does that mean? That was, um, that was this weird thing. I don't even know how it happened, but like nobody called you coach. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, in ninth grade, the summer before ninth grade, I took a workshop in Chico, California. I took a bus uh, up to, to Chico by myself um, and took a workshop on basically like taping ankles and huh. like basic, very I I basic I didn't even know that was medicine. a thing, but of course it is. I, I, had, I, don't, I honestly, to this day, don't know Why, how I where got that, that idea. All I knew yeah. is it got me out of PE from ninth through 12th grade. That's a... That's a good enough reason I can see pursuing. Right. Yeah. So I, I did that. I remember being up in Chico with these people taking this thing for four days. It was the weekend that uh, Charles and Diana got married. Oh, okay. And we were up at like two in the morning watching the bro <laughs> wedding with people I I'd never met before. so important to people. Isn't that crazy? It's so strange. I don't remember watch. I mean, I was well, very, you were very young. young. I was, but I do remember the idea of it being important to other people. That's how important it was. A bunch of us who did not know each other sitting up in the middle <laughs> of the night amazing. watching. Because there was no TiVo. You couldn't record it later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I did that. And so I would tape the ankles for the football team. I guess the baseball team too. Although I don't really remember any of the baseball players. I guess they didn't get hurt much. Um, and so I had group. I had accepted sort of, I sort of different. entree into a few yeah. different realms. Yeah. You know. What did you so when I two questions are sitting in my head. Uh one of them is my perennial question about going to a, uh an an all single gender school mm. which is like how do you meet girls and or, or were they just people that you knew through friends at school or in your neighborhood or uh well basically I did plays. That's that's those are the girls I met. But plays, because so you, when you did you, when, when you, you did, did a play at an all boys school, 
the girls from the sister schools would come and audition. Oh, I didn't know that. I just assumed that, I don't know if I was thinking it was like old school Shakespeare times where everybody played all the, <laughs> all the female roles or if it was just like, no, I don't know what I thought. No, that was, that was the big draw oh, of theater. Well, uh, Although I have to say our, our, our theater teacher was, was pretty ridiculous uh, in the sense that you're at an all boys school, right? And he would more than, more than once cast plays that had as many or more female parts uh-huh. than male. Like, like we, we did Played Against Sam. Yeah. Played Against Sam has three male roles and five female roles. Interesting. Which is hilarious. Was he into the, bringing the girls over? Or was it... Was that, I've heard oh, stories that boy, he was. That rapscallion. Yeah. 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 So the girls... So that was that a, something that you would be rehearsing only after school? Or mm. was there... So the girls weren't coming into like... Six period drama. No, no, no. They would come after school. Like yeah. every, after school, you'd go to the uh, to rugby auditorium to rehearse on the stage. Oh, it must have been so exciting to yeah. have this sort of like sliver of time and opportunity where like the batch of girls comes in. Yeah, and you do the show. Well, I remember my my first kiss uh, was on that rugby auditorium stage. It was a girl that was involved with a play, and my first kiss kiss mm-hmm. was at marlboro school mm-hmm. when i was doing a play there because i was i was one of the yeah, imports you really there did figure it out not really <laughs> you didn't no 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 well, what do you so what does that mean did you, you didn't have I girlfriends had, i had an amazing number of absolutely gorgeous funny friends mm-hmm. uh i could never figure out how like well you want to go out or I, I could never figure out what I saw. I just knew how to talk to people yeah. and how to draw close to people. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, we're friends. I mean, we're having such a nice conversation. I don't want to ruin it. Right. By like doing stuff. And so you'd have crushes on I your girlfriends. I would have crushes on my friends and talk to them about boys. Yes. Oh. God, it would, it would have been just as easy for me to imagine if you're like, yeah, I had the moves. Yeah, no. <laughs> Did not. And, and the funny thing I remember thinking is that like everyone else must have the moves. I don't know what the moves are. I cannot figure out the moves. There is no book with the moves. Yeah. And I just assumed that there was knowledge that other people had that I did not have. Yeah. And I've since learned there wasn't. There wasn't. No. There were just people who could take no for an answer, people who couldn't take no for an answer, people who just kept asking. Yeah. And it's like, the other boys are insecure, all the girls are insecure, everyone is insecure. It's like, really? <laughs> of course, this is in my mid-20s, that I'm like, yeah. oh, where's that Connecticut Yankee yeah. time machine? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's true, and I feel like, I don't know, that. I mean, this is not something that is unique to high school, obviously, this can continue from before and after and be an eternal problem or, or, but it, but it is something that I think a lot of people kind of figure out and some of them later, but you know, yeah, so many guys that I know in high school and friends of mine, um, were had the sort of, you were like my brother curse, which was like really nice guys who didn't know that there was a, a weird sort of, you know, but very common like game playing where if you were kind of mean to someone, like if you were kind of mean to a confident girl that you liked, she would be her. That would pique her interest in a way that, you know, sitting and just connecting on like a, a great safe, intimate level as a friend 
that you just like cast yourself right out of the running. Isn't it? Well, because that's the thing. It's like we realize that there are these natural ways of interacting that feel good and and are, we're completely programmed against those. Right. It's like, I mean, the idea that you know, the women are attracted to the bad boys and all, all of that sort of stuff and, you know, and guys like, dude, you want to get some action. Like all of that stuff like is what you're taught, yeah. taught, you know, by peers. And it's like, oh, okay, so dude, make a move. Why? Yeah. No one ever tells you. This is, this is funny because my son's almost 13 and I'm trying to figure out what knowledge to pass on. And I realized, like my mother got me, our bodies ourselves, you know, pre-puberty, which, which does nothing. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like someone saying, I want you to learn about the military. Here are the doors to the Pentagon. <laughs> right. There's one on this side, one on right. that side. Good luck. Oh, okay. Yeah. But no one tells you why or tries to, like, why do you go out with someone? Why do you know, why do we have these things? Why, why do I want action? Yeah. You know, cause it makes you cool. What, 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 what? why? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. You know, why, why relationships? And which is actually a legitimate question. Absolutely. At 13, 15, 16, why have a relationship? Yeah. I mean, God, that's so true. It's so true. I mean, part of the reason is like, well, you've got this weird Feelings and nerve endings in your body, and right. there are things that feel good. It's like right. okay, so why doesn't everybody just masturbate together? Right. It's like, hey, what are you going? Ah, you yeah, know, yeah. Get that out of the way, and then have a conversation. Yeah. It's like, but that's not what we're taught. That's yeah. not why we're told. It's like, no, you have to have a girlfriend to practice for marriage. What? Really? <laughs> right. It, I mean, I don't know. These are these are the sort of because as a kid, you just wind up trying to make sense of it. Right. It's like, okay, well parents get married and i guess we're sort of too young to get married so we sort of do this thing that's like getting married and you're my girlfriend okay yeah well guess we should try to do it yeah okay and it is crazy to like to clock the sort of like the way that you pretend like you said sort of the way that you like mimic some version of what you think you're seeing. Cause mm-hmm. I, I started having like quote unquote boyfriends really early. Right. Um, I remember, like, I remember, I think maybe the first time I ever really felt like I was going with someone right. was in fifth grade. And what that pretty much entailed was a no kissing. Right. I don't remember ever holding his hand. <laughs> I do remember having a mock wedding. Really? Wherein like at recess one day, like he gave me a ring Wow. That I put on my finger. His dad was a, a very fine uh, jewelry artist, <laughs> like a hippie. And so I, I even remember what the ring looked like. Um, and so there was no, I don't even remember like writing notes to each other. I don't remember talking. I just remember like the declaration Janet and Yuri of- Bhatti are going together and right. they're going to get married. And then there was no depth to that at all so that really was that, just sort of playing house or just but that doesn't sort that totally of like make sense weird yeah that's sort well, of we're going activity. together why are we going together yeah. so we can get married yeah duh yeah that's what you do and then but like had no i have no sense of who he was as a person like right. zero and then in sixth grade i i got i did get like my boyfriend that i had known since i was in first grade barrett Kime. shout out to barrett i've talked about him before <laughs> um and but that was like real in a very specific well, like 
I like I loved him because you guys, did you guys talk on the phone all the time and we talked on the phone all the time and mm-hmm. we'd known each other since we were four or five. Oh wow and um we fought like really? all the time we got in and didn't huge break up fights and we would break up and get back together and break up and get back together wow. and we would like take um we would take we would take the hall pass we were in different classes right. our whole the whole time we knew each other and we would like have a time where we would take the bathroom pass and like oh meet in a God. dark hallway and like smooch that's very during sophisticated class. it's very sophisticated and and then from from that when that broke bad which it did, I think, part in the middle of middle school. Um, then I went back to having, again, like a boyfriend that I didn't really talk that much to, that I never smooched, wow. that I, like, we were just going together. Interesting. So it's weird that I had this one sliver of, like, but you didn't decide, Super okay, that this this is now how relationships are. Yeah, no. Like that was, that it was did, an that aberration. That was its own thing. And then it went back to like, yeah, barely talking to whoever it was I was going with, <laughs> barely knowing them, it meant nothing, never kissed him. That's wild. It's just, yeah. And then and then it wasn't really until high school where like I kind of got, then I started having relationships, whatever right. that is. I remember the, I don't know why that, now this is all about me, but no, no, no. Um, this, I, like for me, my freshman year, I date, started dating a senior and he was a punk. Really? And I, you know, I, ah, and so, yes. and I remember him <laughs> within like the first two days of us dating, being on the phone with him and us getting off the phone and being like, I love you. And even then, I remember wow. thinking, well, that seems rushed. Like, that's, <laughs> like, that seems, like, pretty advanced. Right. Or, like, I barely know this person. Wow. So it's still the sort of, like, play acting, even in high school. Even with someone who was 17 or 18 years old was still, like, where did he get the idea that he was supposed to tell me he loved me after right. two days? Because that's what you want to hear. I mean, but that's the thing. It's like, because by that age, you're not even just running on instinct and playground gossip. Now you've absorbed all sorts of images from movies and yeah. stuff. It's like, okay, well, now I know what relationships are like. Yeah. You know, you think. Yeah. There's still no reason to it. There's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. You know, but I saw that Anna Ferris movie and I know about, you know. <laughs> right. But that's the thing. You're just cobbling this shit together yeah. for just trying to make sense of it. it yeah. Back to the, it's like back to the Bible thing. It's like, okay, we're just sticking it together. Yeah. Because obviously, they tell us we're supposed to be doing this to some degree, but also we're not. Right. Did you have some, did you have anyone that you could talk about, not about this specifically with, but did you have anyone, you know, if you had girls coming to you to talk about boys, did you have any girlfriends that you could say like, I've got the hugest crush on Sally or whatever? No. So you just couldn't. Because I also, because I secretly wanted to date all of them. You're right. So I couldn't so there's actually. there's no confiding in anybody. No. And no male friends that you could talk about that with. Yeah, well, no, I had my, my my buddy Rob, and we were we were best friends. We've been best friends since what eighth grade, something like that, seventh or eighth grade. Um, yes, I would talk to him about these things, but he knew less. Although I have to say, he was Mister and is Mister Relationship. Hmm. For on some level, he always just got it. Mm-hmm. You know. He was never like, I'm dating around, like, I'm going to get a little action. It's like, I like her. Yeah. And yeah, and now we're going out. Like, how did, how did, <laughs> how did you do that? You yeah. Know. Did you play any instruments or anything? Did you, um, no. you did anything musical no, other than just sadly. the performing stuff? No, I just did the plays. In fact, I, I decided that I could not sing. 
And the one musical I did, uh, Fiorello, I had the non-singing part. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Did you ever have you ever decided back now that you can sing? I can't remember. Uh, I went to college, and you know, uh, we had all these singing groups, and I thought, well, you know what? I always said I couldn't sing, but I don't actually know that I can't <laughs> sing. Let me, let me give this it's a try. So funny. Wait, what, what about just listening to, like, what music were you listening to when you were in high school? Um, what was I listening to? Uh, no, Elvis Costello. Was it even something important? Was it important enough no, to even, I, yeah. I was not a big music person. So you were, because, like, for me, I would have to, I mean, I would just be singing along to music all day. Oh, all the really? ding dong day. Whether someone told me I could sing or not, it would have just been happening, you know. Yeah, what was I listening to? Oh, I love the Pretenders. I was listening to a lot oh, of sure. Pat Benatar. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't. I had friends who were deeply into music. I was not one of the guys into music, but I, right. you know, I had my my songs, and then I would listen to what my buddies were listening to. Sure, like the guys in my neighborhood. It was a lot of like you know arena rock. Uh huh. You know, a lot of you know, anthem j- jerseys anthem-y with music. the black sleeves. Yeah, you know, yeah. A lot of Journey, but although Journey were a little, as they got older, it got harder. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, we're in the metal. Like oh, we are. I think you might have okay. lost me somewhere around right. White Snake. But the kids at school were listening to New Wave. But like the guys out in the Deep Dark Valley were listening to Hard Rock. I gotcha. So I gotcha. I could never really commit to anything because sure. I, I had to go home. Right. And I had to go to school. <laughs> the Deep Valley. The Deep Dark Valley. Although I, st- I just went into my um, storage unit the other day and I found my uh, Motels album. Oh, from, they're from pretty cool. School. Motels X. That's pretty cool. Yeah, X. I, oh, X, is, X is a little. I mean, I hate to say it before little, my time, but exactly. it, but uh, but it was a little bit. But I knew there were bands that I knew were cool, even if I didn't have like a direct experience with them. Like right. it was cool to like X. Like I definitely knew that well, and had a sense of by it. By the time you came around, X was like old school punk, right? Kind of. But I mean, like, I loved, but I thought of them as sort of being in the same realm as, well, yeah, because I, I think I thought of them as, like, Blondie, but I did know, oh, right, like, right, Blondie's right. super cool, and the sort of, like, CBGB, like, early talking heads and the police mm-hmm. and, and and bands like that, does, I does, did get into, because my dad liked a lot of that does stuff. Does that, like, blow your mind now that, like, talking heads was at one point, and Blondie were at one point punk? Yeah. Because you listen to it, and it's like, it's so pop. I know, it's so pop. You know, I don't know. But I guess the fact that they were using African rhythms was, <laughs> was so outlandish. It was. It really worked for me. <laughs> it really worked for me. Um, I'm going to get into this MASH game pretty soon. Oh, but I did want to ask you, because earlier when you said that you spent time, as another person who spent a lot of time alone, I wanted to know, because um, you said that you might be buried in a book, if you oh, yeah. like really had love affairs with literature, and if so, what you, you, know, what, what you really liked reading. Um, it's funny because I remember so little. Like my memory is going away, but I still have all my books, nice. like all with like little Philip Lamar written in horrible handwriting mm-hmm. along the along the, the edge. Um, I had a complete collection of Arthur Conan Doyle, complete collection of Sherlock Holmes. Well done, Conan. I had a lot of sci-fi fantasy. I had um, the Wizard of Earthsea trilogy. I had Michael Moorcock's uh, Elric of Mel Nibine. I don't know how anything is pronounced because all I ever did was read it. Right. You know, and yeah, there, there was no YouTube. About that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I played a little Dungeons and Dragons um, in uh, the like seventh and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of sci fi fantasy. How do you feel about sort of the Game of Thrones type stuff? Is that still appealing I'm, to you? Yes. When I first heard about Game of Thrones, I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. And like, in, so I went and bought the book. Yeah, you know, like I did the, too. The first book. I did too. I was like, well, I better read, read the book, the book first. before. Right. Yeah, I did the same thing. 
I did the same thing. Just so dumb. Yeah. Of course, like I got like a third of the way into it and like, okay, now I'm two seasons behind. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't seen any nudity yet. Yeah. So well, that can't be true. Well, in, in the, the first season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, they trotted that out as quickly as they could. It really became like, there's a lot of exposition we got to get out here. Can we do it while someone's having sex so there's at least tits? You know, and the best example of that ever is in Kenneth Branagh's, um, uh, what's the, the, the Shakespeare uh, thing that... Uh, Much Ado? That Joss Whedon, yes. That he, Much Ado oh, that yeah. Joss Whedon just read it. Um, he's got... Uh, Keanu Reeves playing Don John mm-hmm. and he's got a Shakespearean monologue. Yeah. Uh oh. Like, okay. I've got Keanu Reeves doing a How monologue. did that even happen? All due respect to Keanu. But do you remember how they did it? I don't. Is he's he having... shirtless and oiled. Oh, there you Getting go. a massage when he has to do his monologue. Well done. Which to me is brilliant. That directing. is brilliant. That's a great solution. It's like, no, no one's listening at all. Yeah. Do we need another? Do we need another take? I mean, <laughs> No, Keanu, I think we've got it. Why did he, I mean, was that something that was forced on him? I feel like I need to look that up and find out if on he has Ke- a point of view. Oh, on, yeah. on Brana? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Because he the seems time, like a very, speaking of type A, like Kenneth yeah. Brano seems like somebody who would, who would not accept a studio saying, well, you have to put this person in it. So it seems like he must have had some reason, like, well, I, I like the idea of, like, I like his energy, or I liked the idea of him know. being so Or who... it could have been, I mean, was this, I think it was post-Matrix. It was just like, well, if you get him, you've got your budget. Well, yeah. And you've pre-sold it in every foreign market. Yeah. I don't feel it was post-Matrix. I th- really? I might have to look that up. I don't know. We could do that offline. I know. All right. Um, okay. Let me do some match. You know my dad's name is Phil. I did not um, know that. Yeah. Phil Varney. Wow! Yeah, I like that. Does 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 he have do you have does he have his hair? Yeah, really, all of it. Wow! Yes, he's got a very nice head of hair. Very nice. Does he go by Philip? Mm, he goes by Philip as an author, but no. In okay. in in life and in friendship, he goes by Phil for sure. Because Phil Varney sounds like a like a secondary character on like the Dick Van Dyke show. It does, doesn't it? You know. Hey, Dick, how are you? <laughs> oh my gosh, Phil Varney. Haven't seen you in a coon's age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. My dad's a good guy. All right. Um, okay, so uh, let's get some mash categories out here. Let's do some <laughs> ones that I think will appeal to you. Uh-huh. Um, let's go. I'm going to go straight up theater snob and say <laughs> you are doing, you, I want three plays that you get to be in. Um, I'm going to say on the London stage. Ooh, there we go. Okay, three plays. Um, Othello. Um, Long Day's Journey into Night. Mm-hmm. And Sexual perversity in Chicago. Oh, that's such a fun Back play. Back before Mamet became a huge douche. Yeah. Well, huger. Yeah. Did sure. you read his book? I'm sure. Of course you read his book. You were... Which you one? To... The, the acting book? Yeah. No. You didn't? No. I, I read, read it. Book, yeah. I didn't read it for school. I read it purely because someone was like, you'll never be more offended as an actor than if you read this book. And I was like, I guess I better read it. See, that's the thing. I heard about that. I'm like, I'm not going to read that. Yeah. Yeah, in you retrospect, I, it certainly wasn't important for me to read it. And did it come out after Edmund? I don't know. 
I can't remember. No, 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 not, not Edmund. Not Edmund. We did that in college. What was the play? Oleana. Cedric, Oleana. Yeah. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Just like, really? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, second <clears throat> thing, I, I definitely want to go straight to a vacation home anywhere in the world. Three. You got a vacation home. Ooh. Anywhere in this. Okay. Um, this planet Earth of ours. Cape Town. Uh, my mother lived a few years in South Africa. We have to visit oh, nice. there. And it was so beautiful. I'm like, yeah. I understand why they're all killing each other now. <laughs> it's no, worth no, it. Nobody's going to let it's this go. It's worth it. Nobody's going to, oh, uh, fuck it. All right, get it. You got it. Never yeah. mind. No. It was, yeah, it's worth worth dying for. Oh. Um, where else? Um, someplace in Italy. Where, where in Italy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, Venice, mm, that might smell. Florence. Yeah. Oh, God, Florence is so great, isn't it? I've never been to the Italian coast, but that's what a lot of people say when they talk about wanting to play like a place. But, but any movie I've seen where right. like, you sort of open up your, you know, you open up your old window of your villa and you look out onto the ocean and like a beautiful hilly village down below. That seems pretty appealing. I can understand why someone would be on board for that. Totally. Uh, okay. Cape Town, Florence and Malibu. Hmm. Let's do it. Because you know what? Close I, to home. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a try. I, I, I don't think I don't need things to be hard. Malibu's quite lovely. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Next category will be Well, let's go let's go ahead and do it. You uh you can Man, this is this what? is I think you can I think you can handle this. This is a little complicated. Oh, but is, um, I, thought, I thought you were struggling with some gender specificity. No, I'm going like, this won't I'm work going for boys. <laughs> No, not at all. No, I was just going to say that you yourself uh have written a book uh, that's sort of a sci-fi fantasy uh, based book. And um, I I just want you to give me three general off the top of your head, sort of like settings or plots or just something that kind of gives me a flavor of three different ones. Three different book promises? Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be super. You could just say like one of them I know would be set in this magical forest, oh, or but but or, or it could just be like I definitely would want a story about like you know the person that no one believes who's sends goes out into space to prove blah blah blah. You know, it could be anything. Well, let's just, see. Okay. just do whatever uh, you want. First one is um, sort of a dystopian future, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the you know the the lone the lone warrior. Yeah. Uh, yep. The Conan meets Unforgiven. Great. You know, he's got a past, but no one knows it. Uh, but he is well nigh invulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. And he fights his way through and almost feels something by the end. Oh. Um, you see a glimmer across yes. his face. Um, Love it. What's the other one? Um, I've got to have my sort of political bent uh, where. We're in our sort of Logan's runny mm-hmm. wallies. All the rich people are yes. up in up in space. Um, actually, I guess basically I'm just going to redo Elysium. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Such <laughs> a great plot. No, but really, yes. it was just Wasn't like it a. Great a plot? It was a great in the way that you do devour that great science fiction book, where you're like, "Oh, this is so a thing. This right. feels like it is around the corner." Exactly. But I, yeah, I want the want the Soylent Green where we we just like, you know, the 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 hero, the rebels, blow up the system. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a basically like a very, very large scale. Shame on you! Exactly. And shame on you! <laughs> Here on the Coke Planetoid. That's right. We've got to take it down. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, got it and love it. 
Number three. And number three is uh, sort of a Robin Hood in space. Love it. He travels around in a ship with his friends. It's the, and they have adventures. The from Serenity, huh? Ooh. Like Firefly? Go. Yes. Robin Hood in space. I love it. I guess that was sort of a Western in space, though. Oh, that's true. Um, fantastic. I can't read to read one of these books as the other two <laughs> will not exist by the end of the Smash game. Um, okay, next one, I'm going to... Oh, I got to go tradish and just ask for uh, three uh, ladies. Could be a lady companion, could be a one-night stand. All due respect to your beautiful wife. <laughs> this is Mash. Could be somebody. It could be three women that you would have loved when you were in high school. Could be a combination of. Could be living or dead at any age, era, etc. Wow. Um, Could be someone from a book. No, that would have to be uh, Halle Berry, Sophia Loren, and. Yeah, those first two were quick. Yes, those first two were quick. Well, because now I'm like, okay, is it real? Is it bad? Um, Well, because the growing up when I was little, the like the fantasy figure, yeah, was Pam Greer. But I actually got to meet her, and she's so sweet. So it's like now it's sort of not. It feels real, yeah. It's like, like bless. oh no, she's so lovely. Yeah, yeah. Can't have those thoughts anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ah. But uh, yeah, no, I'm still gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back. Go, go, Pam. Tonight, go classic. Go classic, Pam. Side note: I have. I don't know if you've met her, but I've been in a room with Halle Berry twice, and. Both times, it's difficult to do anything ex- except just sort of like zone out on how pretty she is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She's just, just a staggering. very, very, very lovely woman. Right. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. yeah she, she, it's, Are you it, excited about Extant? That it's the oh, no. miniseries that. Um, oh right, right, right. What is? Well, I can't remember what uh, show. It's like maybe CBS or NBC or something. Yeah, you know, the miniseries yeah, they're, they're where she a, comes back from space, pregnant. I guess. Yeah. No. That's as good. That's really Ali and Sci-Fi. Ex- exactly. That's what I'm saying. Double, they made that barrel. for Phil Lamar. Um, okay, you are. Okay. Uh, any. Any cartoon voice in history, three, that it would be really fun to have been able to do or to do? Oh, wow. That is such a tough one. Because uh, the problem is, before I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface my answer yeah. with, with this. The problem is, the great ones. Right. Mel, like, I know, Mel I know. Bl- like, well, hey, I would like to be... A shitty copy of... Well, yeah, but that's... I, I totally know? get it. I know, because that's then, you being deferential. But I'm sort of saying... Yeah, I'm sort of saying like... Or you could adjust it to just like some... some uh, A great uh, like cartoon a that you would have loved to have done. Exactly. An, a different as yet unexistent or non-existent. Right. Unexistent, really. Um, yeah, so that you could have been like but the missing character in Huckleberry Hound or something <laughs> like that. We don't know what that character is, but oh, you could have been it. You know what I mean? No, I mean, my my icons... Are Bugs Bunny, um, Batman, and Spider Man? You know, yeah. And to it's it's funny because a couple of years ago got the chance to audition for Mickey Mouse. Oh wow! Which is not a character that I 
have a personal right me neither you know attachment to but, it's so but it is something that is so tied yeah. into your cultural dna oh yeah that well actually it there was a chance a few years before that and i i, I passed yeah because uh i knew the fellow who was doing mickey and the reason they were uh auditioning is because he was sick and I'm like, I, it's too much. He's, I know. He was the sweetest, Wayne yeah. Allwine, sweetest person in yeah. the world. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then he actually passed away. And then they were looking for, you know, they had some time pass. And then they were looking, for, like, they were doing a new project that's actually out now. Oh, yeah. There's this, like, new Mickey Mouse cartoon. Oh, wow. That's where cool. It's him chasing a hot dog. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, sure. It's very funny. Oh, come on. And you know who's doing it? Who? Chris Diamantopoulos. Do I know who that is? You know all the voiceover you, people no, in no, a way he's, he's I don't. Camera guy. But, oh, he is? He was Mo oh. in The Three Stooges. Oh, wow. He was okay. the crazy studio uh, studio head on episodes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really cute, nice guy. Oh, that's nice cool. Guy. He's doing it. That's and he's so doing funny. it. It's I so know. random. That's what's so great about voiceover, right? Is that right. you find out sometimes and you're like, really? That's right. Who did I do when I was just in whatever last con I just did that I'm now blanking on? Um, <laughs> oh, no. It was, I know. Starting to I know. Blur? It really has. They've, they really have. <laughs> Oh, I think it was Hawaii. Um, oh, wow. The guy, why am I blanking on his name? But the guy who does Winnie the Pooh now. <gasps> Jim. Jim. Jim oh my God. Talk about like those, wow. those things that stick with you. I mean, when he does Winnie the Pooh. Isn't it funny? I am like, I, I never thought anyone could do that voice. Yeah. Except for what's his name? Yeah. The uh, most uh, famous Sterling like. Sterling Holloway. Sterling Holloway. But no, when and Jim does it. Ex- it's that it's this weird thing that I described to somebody the other day. You know, like when your your mom or your dad talks to you on the phone. Like obviously, your parents do not sound exactly the same now as they did when you were a kid, right? But they do. Yes. Like when your dad says Janet, yeah, you hear it, yeah. somewhere yeah. deep down your spine, absolutely. And it's the same thing when Jim it does. Absolutely poo. is. It's so weird because it's this weird. It is. It's almost like when you meet someone. I was just talking about this with someone. When you meet someone and they they sort of look like someone you yes. already know, and you like immediately trust them. Right. Right. Which is completely not a good idea. Yeah. But there is this immediate sort of like, oh, we have a profound connection right. because it hits something or someone smells familiar to mm-hmm. you. There's that very instant. Exactly what you say. You feel it in your spine, and that is what it was like when I like meeting Jim and then hearing Winnie the Pooh come out of him. Right. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, you're my dad. Wait, no, I don't know you at all. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. It's so intense. Should I put down Bugs Bunny, Batman, and Spider Man? Yes. Okay. Great. Love it. Bugs. Batman, Spidey, fantastic. Um, okay, uh, let's do um, sci-fi-esque modes of transportation uh, or paranormal. Some This is how you, Phil Lamar, get around. It is no longer via car. It Ooh. is via one, two, three. Um, well, it would obviously be through uh, individual uh, uh, shoot tubes. Shoot tubes. <laughs> Which is sort of a bullet, uh, a clear, uh, transparent bullet like a type mail, thing. Like one of the mail things where it like sucks, well, sucks see, the mail the into the... There are not like a series of tubes all over the place because right. that, that would be gross. Right. It's just a thing that you get into that's I sort see, of like a, a human-sized bullet. Okay. And it goes, great. And it shoots you there as if there were a tube. Great, 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 great. Got it. Shoot tubes. <laughs> It's just a funny, really, really funny term. Shoot tubes. I'm super tubes. into it. Super into it. Okay, next. Um, see, the Segway appeals to me on a certain level, but it's like design-wise, they just they just blew it. Yeah. 
So it's it's something something sort of in between Segway. If they got it right and uh, and like uh, rollerblades. Mm-hmm. Yep, I totally get it. That's what it is. You know what it is? You've got the blades on each foot. Yeah. That are magnetically stuck, and then you've got a handlebar, but there's no actual rod. Yes. But there's like sort of a Bluetooth connection yes, between the handlebar yes, yes, and, yes. The, and the wheels. Oh, I love it! Oh my god, it feels like someone really should and maybe will invent that. We're, we're working on it. I we're like it. it. I really it. like it. I don't know how you're going to top that. You don't have to top that, but I do need a third. I do need a third. Um. Uh. But but but. It, I, I was going to say, you know, um, matter transportation, but I don't know. It's, I, well, I guess I'm going to have to go with that. Yeah. I mean, it's a fantasy. That'll never happen. Your atomic, yeah. your, you, you redistribute all your atoms. It's, come on. It's a bit, it's That's, a bit the Mike TV traveling in the air. Exactly. Uh, there's there's no Wonka. science behind it. Although, yeah. for me to say that, and I'm not really sure how broadcast television works. See? I don't, re- I'm not one to say, I guess. But it doesn't, it really doesn't seem, it seems like that's going to be, uh, along with silver lame jumpsuits, mm-hmm. one of those things of the future just never it's happens. Not, it's not, it never becomes thinking, a thing. No, no, we'll be able to just transport people. Pretty like, soon, silver nope, lame. Nope. Pretty soon, silver lame. Yeah. Or maybe they'll find out that that's the problem. Oh yeah, my God. Guys, if we, if we if had everybody covered in aluminum it, foil, we then we could fine. send them. <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected. Why aren't we paying more attention to Robert Heinlein? Um, okay. Next one is uh, a sort of friend slash mentor figure, either fictitious or real, living or dead, that suddenly is sort of in your life. The person that you can sort of uh, hang out with that you think is super cool, but you could also say like, what do you think I should do about this? Ooh, kind of thing. That would have to be Sidney Poitier. <sighs> Come on. Flawless. Don't you think... That Sidney Poitier, like even though it is advanced age or whatever, it's like his advice on anything. It's like, I don't know. Should I put this up on YouTube? Well, if you believe in what (laughs) you're doing, then let the people see it. You're right, Sidney. You're right. I'm going to press upload right now. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I was just thinking, the thing that popped into my mind when you said that immediately was like, it's funny how fast my brain went to... Of course, Six Degrees of Separation was written about the idea of yes. the appeal of being related to and then in some way right. connected to the great city Poitier. Isn't that funny? Of course. You know, it's funny because there's like three people that I sort of associate. Sidney Poitier, Henry Winkler, and Tom Hanks as these people who have reached very high levels of fame, but a lot of people do, but also... And with incredibly high qualities of performance, and also from every report I've ever heard about any of the three of them, the most incredibly open, generous, yes. sweet, kind-hearted people. Yes. And it's just like, to me, especially like in show business, like they, I feel like they're the only three that should exist. Everyone else should be aiming towards that. It, yeah. It's like, no, I'm going to do smack and be on the tabloids. No. Right. No. Right. Why right. are we all doing that? Right. Right. Yeah. Are those your three? Those are my I three. I love those choices. Couldn't love them more. Um, I think I'm sure I've said this before because it is a real point of pride for me, but um, I did get to do a, an episode of Children's Hospital and it did involve me slapping Henry Winkler in the face. <laughs> And I have never been more 
terrified and horrified to have to do something. Really? Like, he was so great about it. But I was like, but for sure we're just going to fake this, right? And he was like, no, just slap me. (laughs) I mean, don't do it that hard. We're going to do several of these takes, but just slap me. And I was like, I'm slapping Henry Winkler. I don't feel right about this at all. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, I get to slap Henry Winkler. This is huge. He's going to remember me. Yeah. Yeah. I slapped him. See, if I ever meet him, I'm going to tell him I know you. Oh, my God. Do you remember my friend Janet who slapped you on Children's Hospital? (laughs) I really hope he does. I bet you he does. I hope he does. I don't know. Maybe he gets slapped every episode. I don't watch the show frequently, so that's my bad. No, but that's that's what makes Henry amazing. He will remember. He probably will. What a quality human being. Tall, blonde girl, right? Oh, Oh, she was lovely eyes. Oh. Oh. Strong hands. Very strong hands. (laughs) Oh, Henry. I feel like he's in the room with me, just like Sidney Poitier <laughs> moments ago. Um, okay. Uh, oh, gosh. I'm down to my final category. This is tough for you because your answers have been so glorious. And so long. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's wonderful because this is like a whole separate interview. It's, it's perfection. Um, okay. Final question. I feel like there's an obvious thing that I'm probably just overlooking um, that would be really good for you. But I'm going to go with... Uh, you know what? I'm just going to go with one of my perennial favorites, which right. is you can drop into three the three movies that you wish you could just like drop into and just exist in that world for as long or as, as short as you liked. Um. Oh, that's an interesting question. Um. And and safely. Yeah, totally okay. safely. Only the positive stuff. You can just <laughs> get in there and just like live with with that scenery, with those characters. Because because for some reason, um, even though this is not like one of my super, it's, it's a movie I think is fantastic. But I'm not like I don't memorize anything. But yeah. like I was thinking, oh, I'd love to drop in on the Godfather. Just be there for the wedding. Yeah, yeah. Just hanging out for the wedding. I hear ya. you. Great, know. love it. Um, what's the other one? Uh. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Where do I want to be? It's yeah. I'm trying to think which Star Wars film. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. My God, it's so lame that I would totally go straight to the Ewoks. It is such a girl really? thing to say. Oh, that's. A, that's I just a, love that. For, well, the thing is, I love that forest so much anyway. That's true. And then those tiny Ewoks, like that Ewok baby on the back of that Mama Ewok, and then the tree houses. It's not even just the Ewoks. It's the whole world of that. The, the See, idea of the safety and the songs, them playing the little drums. flying all through. That's not Yeah, safe. but I would want to also get on Before. one of those. And yeah. yeah. Um, See, that's the thing. The third one is so much better lit than the other two. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the plot is like, fun. come on, but. Uh, you know, yeah. it's got to be the first one. Great. I'd hang out on Tatooine. Great. You know, that's so dumb. No, um, it's not. It's great. Because, I mean, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite movie. But, like, I don't really want to be in any of those places. It's too, yeah, I, I hate it's the very cold. Dark, yeah. I don't want to be on Hoth. Yeah. You don't um, want to be inside the Death Star. And Cloud it's City, grim. it's not that appealing. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why. Again, I think it's the lighting. Yeah, maybe it's it is. Um, You're not but wrong. Least, but at least I won't be the only black person. That's true. Hanging out in Cloud City. That's true. We be, but you will well, be, you must you must know Lando. You will never be more important than Billy D. Williams is in that movie. No, <laughs> Billy D. Uh, Amazing. That's what we have to do the next black version. Yeah, uh, for sure. Kid, uh, there's no way you haven't done that before. I I don't think 
I, I on, well, we because you've been to the show, right? Many times. And we do the second act where we do the auditions. I, Remember, I told you you were the one who told me you did it, and then I and then I went. I was like, I can't wait to see, and I knew oh, it was Jordan's show, and that was it. Oh, and right. then I've said this before, and I feel like. I don't know. Somehow I feel like this is a racist statement, but it 100% isn't (laughs) that every single person who was introduced and walked out on stage I had worked with. And it's like the best black comedian and non-comedian actors (laughs) in Hollywood. Like I knew every, I had worked with every single one of you, except Cedric, but I had had him at Sketchfest for Reno. Oh, But everybody else was like, shot a pilot with Danielle, shot a web series with, you know, Gary. Like every single person, I was like, these are my favorite black people. (laughs) Well, there's no way for that to sound appropriate. Boy, that's really not, huh, I don't think I can, like like I'm collecting the set. This is not in every way. This is wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, and and I'm sure you have other that you like no just the people the black version. those are i don't have room to like more <laughs> we have quotas i have a quota have you know about that right yes, oh exactly. god i hope i didn't just tell about you about quotas. something you didn't know about no. <gasps> but but in re- but i but i did and of course daniel gaither's been on the podcast and uh oh, and i okay. can't I say that. enough good things about the black version i just love that show so much oh, so yeah. great i was just i was just uh thinking about daniel and the fact that because one of the the podcast things we do one of the formats is as black men it's an all-male talk show and she's on it. Great. Doing the, the voice of like a 90-year-old Negro League baseball player. Talk about a deep and beautiful voice that woman has. Ugh. And that's the other thing I'll say is, uh, all kidding aside, I don't care what you guys are doing on stage. It's a brilliant device. And it's right. a brilliant device to have a group of African-American people on a stage together. Right. I don't care if you're doing the black version of anything. Do any improv show. And right. I will think it's brilliant. And one of the best shows out there. So that's sort of. Yeah, it's just a hook. It's a great, it's a great hook. It's a great hook. Um, okay, so last movie that you can uh, drop into. This is uh, one of my all-time favorites. And has been for many years. And it's very, not that well-known. The Stuntman, Richard Rush's Oh, great movie. The Stuntman. Yeah, San Diego, down at uh, Coronado, Hotel Coronado. Oh, You know right. that? That that takes place. Oh. There's, some, there's that big scene that, that takes place at that hotel. Got it, got it, got it. Stuntman is a great movie. Yes, God, I need to back. see that again. You do. It's been years. I Peter O'Toole, took, man, at his... Uh, oh, my God. Unbelievable. And interesting, I took this um, class in college called Ethics in Film, mm-hmm. and um, it, was a philo- it was part of the... Philo- you know, it's a... You know, the, P-I- or P-H-I-L 360 or whatever. So it was a philosophy. Oh, really? It was in the philosophy school. Oh, that's interesting. And, uh, and that was one of the movies that we had to write a paper on. We were like, he would have us read a, a famous philosopher like right. Kierkegaard. We would read a Kierkegaard book and then we would watch The Deer Hunter and like interpret oh. that film through the eyes of each disparate philosopher okay and the stuntman was one and runaway train was another one and the deer oh, hunter was another one. it was an interesting so you, group you're of interpreting movies. the stories through the philosophical mm-hmm. the sort of, of ethics of oh, not yeah. the ethics of filmmaking no no like it was like the ethics present film. in the the oh. the artistry of of the plot of these different movies and that is one so well, i think are, of it as being yeah. yeah i think of it as like being very connected to my education which is kind of funny but which, i know that is funny but it has so many like deep deep issues i mean yeah about artifice yeah um, and also i mean you want to talk ethical questions like a man dies and they cover it up for the sake of a movie you know and which is the great thing about being in show business and watching it is that 
we all know it's not that far-fetched. Oh, my God. It's almost like... It's funny because I was just thinking about uh, Penn State. It's almost the same thing. It's like Sandusky. It's like right. raping kids, but it's like... Well, but listen, we're uh, you, there's a lot of money tied to this. There's the, the artifice right. of sort of what we are known for. And, every, and everyone is already on the same page yeah. mentally as to the importance of this thing. So it doesn't even become a, a conversation about, well, should we? Yeah. It's like... It's just like, well, the, we're doing the movie. There's assu- a weird it's like, assumption. Well, it's, of, it's, it's, it's Joe. Yeah. You know. Well, like, it's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's great. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, so tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. Uh, you know how this works. You've heard the podcast. Yes. I'm going to do some tallies and come back with your 100% <laughs> guaranteed mash future. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm glad that we took a nice fart break for Scott. Um, <laughs> it's like a it's like a salmon kibble, and um, I can't say that it smells like salmon to me. I have to say it smells again like just the worst of the worst. I gotta revisit that. Uh, you're a really good sport. I love okay, that. you are such an improviser. You can't. Oh, you have to like if it's there, it's got to be used. I know. It's a gift. If that fart gift gets handed to me in comedy, God, use it. All right. The first thing I want to do is, I don't want to say I'm starting with a bad news. I don't think it's bad news at all, <laughs> but it is the one. What are you, are you an oncologist? It's the one impression. Yeah. Listen, we're the, this proct, the, the proctology, the <laughs> prognosis is not good. No, but this is the thing. It's the only person you actually did not do the voice of, which is the beloved Tom Hanks. There you go. You can, you'll have plenty of time to perfect his voice because you will be spending plenty of time with him. Oh, good. He's marvelous. Because that's you who else is great? His do. son Colin Hanks, also a tremendous human being, That's what and doing such a great job on Fargo. Oh, uh, oh God, so good, really good, dark. Oh, really? Oh, really well, good. It should be dark. I mean, otherwise it's, that would be weird if they did like a you know super light, like a Chuck Lorre, <laughs> like Mike and Molly version of Fargo. Exactly. Like yeah, multi-cam. everyone would be let down. <laughs> Every snow going in the background. To the camera, a little right. winky wink. Um, okay, so Tom Hanks is your buddy. Love that. Cool. Uh, also, very excited about. I mean, I'm just all over the place here, but I do want to congratulate you on your beautiful mansion in Cape Town. <gasps> Thank Man- you. Not the mansion, not, not the shack, mansion. the apartment, or the house. The full on mansion. <laughs> you know, but the full on hey, mansion. You know what I have to say? Cape Town is so beautiful. I don't even need it. Oh my god! But that I is have it. So wonderful. <laughs> Way to really look a gift horse in the mouth, Phil. <laughs> uh, perhaps some of this money has come to you from your wonderful, recognized, and beloved sci-fi slash fantasy story uh, in the uh, post-apocalyptic dystopian world with a sort of lone warrior. Ah, uh, yes, people love is, it. People love it. I will go to see any, pretty much any movie that takes place in that environment. So I'm I I bought it. I certainly bought the book. Right. I feel like I'm I own part of your mansion because I because I helped you, get you, you there. Yes, and and I mean, well, it, that helped uh, you know give us the budget to put my face on Jason Momoa's body for the that's film. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, Jason Momoa. Um, uh, also, want to congratulate you for your turn in Othello. I saw that oh, at the Royal you. Theater. Thank you. That's a thing, right? That is a thing. For sure, it's a thing. <laughs> Whew, got scared for a second. You're outclassing me on every turn. Um, I And, and oh, listen, all of this traveling that you're doing between uh, being in Cape Town and your mansion, between being on the London stage, uh, uh, hanging out here in Los Angeles with Tom Hanks, and or traveling right into The Godfather, um, it makes sense to me that the only way you're able to really do that as quickly as you can is because of those shoot tubes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For sure, 
God bless the the shoot tubes. God bless the shoot tubes. God love them. And and super strong, um, your beautiful Halle Berry companion. Thank you. We're just good friends. I understand. Listen, you don't even have to. It's satisfying enough just to be in a room with her. And it's also, that's just my pattern. Right. She, you're, you know what? You might be too nice of a guy. She, she's, 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 she maybe has some. No one's perfect. No one's, no perfect. one's perfect. Everything's perfect about her except her taste in men. That's right. Somebody got to rescue her. That's the problem, though. That's, that's the that's, problem. I'll, I know I'll, it's a I'll cycle. I'll talk to her about it. We'll talk. You guys, about it. Are, you guys are tight. I know you'll you'll straighten her out. Um, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank right you for here. having me. It was so fun. Uh, and you have such a short trip home. It's going to be great, <laughs> with know. or without shoot tube. You're going to be there in <laughs> moments. You might overshoot if you have a shoot Whoa, tube. I'm yeah. The house. Yeah. That's why they're transparent, so you can you'll see. Never you overshoot. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. All right. Oh, well, what? the only thing that's left to do is I know that you said they don't have a singing voice and maybe you don't even know the song, but I have been ending my Boys of Summer episodes with a snippet of Don Henley's Boys of Summer. Do you know that song? Oh, you know that song? I, I know of it. The chorus is remember. like, chorus? I can't see you. Your brown skin shining in the sun. Oh, you know yeah. You got your I head can there. see you. Your brown skin shining in the sun. Oh, yeah. You got, you your, got your head thrown back, can you? Sunglasses on, baby. I, I can't tell you my love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.